Hello, and welcome to the Medical Humanities Podcast, the official podcast of BMJ's Medical Humanities Journal. We invite you to listen in and join the conversation from global perspectives on health, medicine, and accessibility to interviews with social justice activists, filmmakers, artists, and academics from around the world. Stay up to date with public discussions that matter to medicine and humanities because life happens at the intersections. Hello and welcome to this new edition of Medical Humanities podcast series. Uh, This is Khalid Ali, the film and media correspondent at uh, Medical Humanities. And it's a great pleasure to have with me here today, Rick Castaneda, filmmaker and director of the film All Sorts that has premiered at the Raindance Film Festival in London uh, in November 2021. Rick, it's great to have you here with us today. So uh, over to you. Khalid, it's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Uh, Can you please share with the listeners, Rick, just a bit about yourself, about your background, about your passion for film and some of the films you've uh, made before. And then that will lead us into talking about all sorts, your most recent feature film. Sure, no problem. Um, so I grew up in a really small town in eastern eastern Washington State. So that's about three hours away from Seattle, which you know more people have heard about. Yeah. Uh, and it's a really small farming area. Uh, we didn't have any uh, McDonald's. There were no streetlights. No. You know, it was a very small place. And uh, I think that that's partly where my um, creativity comes from. I, you know, I grew up in the in the countryside, and there weren't a lot of friends around. My brothers and sisters were all much older than me, right. and so uh, I was kind of on my, you know, on my own playing on this farm, and I had to make up a lot of uh, things for myself. And right. I think that that, you know, kind of went into when I first started writing um, in school. I I remember, you know, getting assignments for creative writing. And I just loved them. It was like a key sliding into a lock. I, I loved the yeah. feeling of of writing those stories. And every time, you know, they gave us a prompt, like, write a story about this. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is the best thing in the world. And I knew that that's what I wanted to, to do when I grew up. Uh, but, you know, it's a very tough road to, to become a, a writer, to become an artist, um, to try to get paid for ideas. Uh, And so it's been very, very long, but um, I've been pursuing it all my life. And um, this, this movie itself actually is about, you know, when I, when I graduated from college, I had a degree in creative writing and uh, a minor in filmmaking. How did that lead you into the film uh, world and making, you know, uh, features and shorts and, and, and how, how did you make the transition? Is that through uh, studying or were you exposed at an early stage to, to you know, watching films and uh, either on TV or the cinema? How did that uh, begin? Well, it's all storytelling. And yeah. so, you Correct. know, you'll see a lot of times where, you know, a lot of the films and, and uh, movies that we do have, you know, they all came from books. And it's because it's, I don't know, it's kind of the same stuff, you know, in, in its yeah. essence. Yeah. And so I, you know, I would write a lot of stories when I was a kid and, um, you know, like there's not really too much you can do with them. You can like have a few friends read them and, and whatnot, but, you know, not so much happens. 
you know, when you're writing, it's a lonely process. You're just kind of sitting by yourself alone. Yeah. And when I started making films in high school, I realized that it was a really great way to work with other people. And you could, you know, I could work with my friends, we could have fun, we could make things together. Yeah. And then at the end of it, you know, we um, ended up showing the entire high school our film and it went over extremely well. We got so much applause and it was such a different um, experience, such, such a different experience having, you know, you know, a whole audience applaud your story Absolutely. than, you know, having someone kind of finish reading the pages and they look up and say, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a collaborative process. So, so you enjoyed yeah. that aspect of, uh, of working with others that, and, and developing this creative side together. So that probably would, would lead us into the, uh, your most recent feature film, All Sorts. How was that uh, received uh, uh, at the Reynas uh, Festival? And, and perhaps before that, tell us about the inspiration behind it and uh, why this particular story, beautiful uh, story of love, friendship, and loneliness between Diego, Diego and June. Tell us about it, all sorts. So this movie really began, you know, the idea for it really began about 20 years ago. And wow. I graduated from film school and, um, you know, creative writing, and I just could not find a job anywhere. I was, you know, <laughs> I was, I was applying for jobs where all you do is drive packages around the city and I couldn't get any of those. And yeah. I finally, um, got one job, you know, like I would get these, like, you know, um, they're called temp jobs. Uh, so they're right. just temporary office jobs uh -huh. where you're working in a cubicle you go in for a couple weeks. It was usually really, um, you know, someone was going to be sick or traveling. So they just wanted someone to fill in for them or yeah. they had all this data that they just wanted to um, digitize. And so, you know, you're sitting there with like 10 pages of spreadsheets and all you do is typing numbers into a computer all day long, yeah. uh, you know, four, six, seven, eight, five. And then you go to the next cell. <laughs> Six, four, yeah. three, two, seven, you know, and you're just <laughs> right. trying not trying not to make any mistakes or anything, but sure. you're really becoming a computer. <laughs> indeed, and, indeed, yeah. And I had a, a few jobs where it was very, you know, it's very lonely. The, the office was like a very quiet place um, yeah. where, you know, people were kind of afraid to talk to each other because they didn't want to get in trouble. And it was just a very weird experience. And I started writing a lot of stories in that time where something magical happens in a cubicle yeah. space. And as I look back on it now, I think what I was trying to do was I was trying to escape. I was trying yeah. to like get out, you know, I was trying to find a magical escape route out of the cubicle world. And one of those, you know, little stories that I wrote at that time was about yeah. this woman named June, who was a, you know, incredibly fast uh, filer. So she could take, you know, file folders and just like, you know, really fast and i and i invented this world of uh underground competitive folder filing where you know people meet in basements and they like bet on it it's funny because um someone came up to me and after you know seeing the film yeah and they told me that they worked at a grocery store and that in in the western united states there's these big competitions for how fast you can bag groceries right right but i always thought about this idea of, you know, people betting and like, you know, there being cigar smoke all around. Yeah. And that image just really um, stayed with me all, yeah. you know, all over the last 20 years where I was just like, you know, I, I got to do something with this.
So, so t- tell us about so for the listeners for, who who haven't watched the film. I've I've watched it at least twice by now. <laughs> so, uh, t- tell the listeners about Diego and June. Yeah. So the main story is about um, this kid Diego who you know he enters this office and it's a very strange office where you know it's kind of like a Harry Potter world where like things can happen. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And um, he finds this uh, really fast filer named June. And she's just amazing. You know, she she's the fastest filer, you know, she's ever seen. He yeah. finds out about this underground filing competition. And he's like, well, you know, June has to be part of this. She's like, yeah. she would she would be the best. Right. And so he becomes her um, he becomes her coach and her manager. Yeah. In this world. Yeah. 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 And, and they start to fall for each other. And that's kind of what the, the center of the movie is about. Now, there's a lot of other characters, you know, um, one of the meanings of the movie's name is that there's all sorts of people in this office. And he does kind of like Diego um, and June joining this competition in a way kind of brings them all together. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of other little stories going on, but um, the main the main part of the story is uh, uh, is Diego, the romance Diego, of June and Diego. Yeah. And, and they start off as very lonely characters, and and then by by working in this uh, boring, mundane uh, environment and space, but they find their maybe their passion for life through th- these uh, competitions. Um, so. so um, while watching this underground, mysterious world of the filing, uh, uh, you know, arena and competition, it felt, while I was watching, it felt like a surreal version of Fight Club. So m- perhaps here I might ask you, uh, apart from the from the, your lived experience and working in similar uh, office space and environments, was there any film inspirations or, or uh, literary uh, works that inspired elements of the story? It's funny because a, a lot of times I create these stories and then I look back at them and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I, I did watch Fight Club around the time that I was thinking about yeah. this or I did um, see this movie. But, you know, I think I think what we do as humans is we kind of, you know, if there was no world around us, we wouldn't create anything. We, w- we would be nothing. Uh, we'd be blank slates. I kind of describe it as breathing in and breathing out where you're not, you know, it's not the exact same error that you're that you're creating, but um, it is, you know, you do have inspiration. And so, yeah, I, I look back and I, I think that we did look at Fight Club as, as kind of a, a model, right. like, okay, this is yeah. maybe how, maybe this yeah. is how the lighting should look, for instance. Uh-huh. Um, because uh-huh. I think the the juxtaposition of, you know, taking a movie like Fight Club and then remaking it with, with filing is, I, I think, is just hilarious. So I think, you know, that's one of the things that we were thinking about. But you know, my inspirations are, you know, Brazil with Terry Gilliam. Right. Um, I love um, the movie Being John Malkovich. Um, oh, yes, indeed. I was thinking of, of that as well. Yeah, carry on. Um, Michelle Gond- the director Michelle Gondry is a big inspiration. Um, yeah. And as well as, um, you know, I just, I think I like really like this idea of this op- surreal office environment because oh, yeah. I think, you know, it, it just feels that way a lot of times. Um, because it's it's this other world where yeah it just feels like a little bit strange like um you know almost 2001 in space odyssey but in in um in, in office, office. cubicles <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is a connecting themes uh, about uh, all sorts your first feature cement suitcase and i've seen one of your shorts bear story uh, they're all 
uh, you know, happened, the narrative and, and the storyline all unfolds uh, within an office. So again, is that a, a, a theme, a, um, an area that you want to to to, to express your uh, vision and 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 the world and this fantastical world? I guess so. You know, it's not really something I've I've thought about consciously. Uh, right. I think that. I think that for me, I had a really difficult transition coming out of college and going into uh, the quote unquote real world yeah. where, um, you know, I was really, that was one of the most depressing times of my life. Um, I had all these big dreams about, you know, becoming a filmmaker and it really didn't look like it was working out. You know, I, yeah. I worked at this, you know, it, it felt like a very dead end job. Everybody there wanted to be, um, you know, making creative you know someone was in a band another person was an animator another person was writing scripts none of us wanted to be there (laughs) but you know but we couldn't find jobs doing what we wanted to do so we were all kind of in this office stuck together and the the uh the boss was just you know yelling at us all the time he was the best place in in all sorts (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. and uh and we just really um you know, I had this thought that like, is this how yeah. life is? You know, yeah. like you really don't have any, um, you don't have any reference when you're, when you're a kid and you haven't had a job before, no. you know, of what working life as an adult is really like. And so you look around and you see people who are like, you know, 30 years older than you, and they're still stuck in this job that you don't like from the first week. Right. <laughs> so, and so you wonder, is this, is this really what life is? So I think that, that basically I probably write about work stories because I think, you know, work takes a third of our life. You know, we have a third of our life to sleep, a third of our life to work and a third of our life maybe for ourselves. And so that really does become a large part of your existence. And I think kind of figuring that out was very difficult for me. And it's something that I, it's maybe something that I tend to focus on. But still, I think it served a, a huge creative uh, background to, to to your films because all those stories, the experiences of of yourself and and those who worked with you, they all fed into into the the, the stories that made your films. If I may ask, although the, the the story and the main action happens inside the office, but there were beautiful scenes again between uh, Diego and June. Uh, in their car journey, they're looking at nature. Uh, th- there is a palpable um, sense of uh, connecting with nature and the avalanche and the sounds of nature. So, so t- tell me a bit about that. I think in in this movie, that's kind of set up as a juxtaposition uh, uh-huh. where, you know, when you're stuck in this like uh, very climate controlled office that's usually quite cold and dark and you know no windows then all you yearn for is to be back in nature i remember when i was growing up i I grew up on a farm so we had lots of chores and we were working outside all the time and i remember thinking one day while we were burning um weeds and it was like smoky and i was dirty and i I wasn't enjoying myself i said some i said someday i'm gonna have an office job and i remember (laughs) thinking like that was gonna be the best thing in the world how and little then, did you know though? <laughs> yeah, and then fast forward to this office, and I, I was looking out the like one you know square foot window that you know looks outside, and then I would yeah. I would go by that just to get a little bit of sunshine, and yes. look outside at the construction that was happening next door, and look at the construction workers and think, oh, yeah. I wish I was 
I wish I was working there with them. <laughs> yes, but that, that's again very much um, uh, apparent in the comments comments made by 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 Diego. He said, "I wish uh, my office had a window." And then Vasquez, the, their boss or manager, he 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 opens uh, like the, he opens uh, the, the blinds, and and there's a wall. There's a wall behind. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, there's that sense of uh, of entrapment, yeah. if I were to say. Uh, but still, that. Maybe reflecting again on, on your experience, it uh, lets their minds, uh, you know, wander into what a, a, another life, a happier life could be. And that is, again, uh, in uh, June's uh, exchange with, with Diego in the car when they were heading to the filing competition. She, she said, there is, uh, how can we make the fantasy a reality? And the, um, and the notion of... Uh, it is possible to be done and and the, and people can rewrite or reimagine their lives and be in a happier uh place and and in a happier uh, with with other people who share that uh, experience i think that's kind of where i come from as a writer i think that's one of the things i enjoyed about it most when i when i started and one of the things i yeah. still enjoy is that it's kind of about creating a reality yeah. um you know i think about J.R.R. Tolkien um, creating an entire world for Lord of the Rings. He wrote this book called The Silmarillion, which is like basically the Bible of that universe. He created Mm -hmm. languages in that universe. And he really just, you know, spent a lot of his time in that, you know, place that he created. But I think that, you know, we all create our own realities. We all have our own perspectives of how we think people are treating us or how we think we should be treated. And that, that the ideas we have about that really changes what our reality is. If we think that we deserve to be treated with respect, we might demand that respect, right? We might act Indeed. like we deserve respect. And yeah. if we don't, then people won't treat us that way. And I think that my writing, I'm always trying to get people to think about their own worlds, their, how they, how can they have some control over their lives and how yeah. they are viewed and also how they view the world as well. Cause it's, it's, um, but it, it's the, the same thing. The notion of how they view themselves and how they view the world is that internal reflection and, uh, uh, analysis, critical, uh, um, interpretation of their position in the world and their relationship with others. I felt while, while watching the film that this is a, a call for, uh, adopting you know mindfulness and uh, and this uh, meditation uh, uh, style to to living so was that part of the psychological background to the characters yeah i think i think there's so many different ways to come at it you know like yeah. you can come at it through religion you could come at it through spirituality you can yeah. um come at it through buddhism or you could come at it through yeah. psychology um, yeah. You can um, reflect on it with your um, with your psychologist or your counselor, or you can talk about it with friends. Or you can, you know, I do a lot of journaling to to understand, try to understand who I am and and what I want yeah. and and how to get there and and how to interpret the world. But yeah, it's it's all that's all part of it. I think that um you know, I would say, you know, there's a lot of uh, storytelling inside this movie where you know. Indeed. Uh, Diego's boss tells him that, you know, oh, you have to help me write this book. And yeah. so Diego starts writing this book. 
and yes. he kind of starts thinking more about his own reality. And I think that's I think that's what I, I want to impart is that, you know, the more that you think about your life as something that can be written, that's something that can be edited, mm. something that mm. can be, um, you know, that you have influence over, the more that you will have those things. And, and, and more in, in control. But again, the, 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 there's the notion or the the humor uh, in the in all in, in the films that I've seen that that you've made and 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 especially in all sorts, there's the quirky, funny moment that uh, attention to fine detail and how uh, Diego manages to break into the secret filing competition world. The, the, the very uh, humorous, funny moments that uh, uh, that uh, are really unexpected, but they tackle. Uh, serious issues. So, uh, tell me about the your approach to to using humor. Does it come organically, or do you intentionally want to write it so it is ac- more accessible to the to the audience? I think I've always been fascinated with humor mm. and comedy. Um, that's always what I've been drawn to. I've tried to to write, you know, thrillers or you know more serious movies, and yeah. there it's. Um, It's not, you know, like, I don't think it's, I, I'm a bad writer in those areas, but when you're, you know, this film, it, you know, it took me a year to write it. It yeah. took me, um, you know, a year to produce it, a year to edit it and finish it. And then it's going to be another year of, of getting it out to, you know, yeah. everybody and, and putting it, you know, on all the platforms and so yes. that people can see it. Right. And so yeah. if you're going to spend four or more years on, an idea, then yeah. it really has to keep connecting with you. And I think hum- comedy always connects with me where I can read back at something that's funny and it, it's still funny to me. It never loses that humor. Um, and so True. I think, I, you know, I think that that's just the way that I operate. I don't think I can really have a choice to not try to not yeah. try to be funny. Um, but I also think that, you know, that's what I enjoy most about life. And I think that, you know, what I'm, When I'm down in the dumps and I'm having a horrible day and then, you know, something even worse happens where, you know, you, you, someone, you know, drives by and splashes a puddle on top of you. Like, it, you know, uh-huh. then that's, that's almost like a comedy moment from a movie or something. Then I do have yes. to laugh because I'm like, okay, now it's just funny. You know, like, you know, it, it's a, yeah. uh, there's, they say sometimes <laughs> that there's a hill of like the more dramatic you go, like, yeah. you know, worse and worse things happen until it actually becomes funny again. <laughs> That's true. It, 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 can only, it, it can only get better when it's really bad, <laughs> in a way. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the, the humor you use uh, uh, cleverly in, in exploring some serious uh, themes and subtext, the, the stress, the anxiety, that office workers feel, the marginalization, the, the oppression. So you use it to explore With, with with the audience some real um problems that office workers not necessarily office all uh, you know professionals uh, working uh, uh, with with a team they experience some of the problems that diego and june felt yeah i think that you um i think that you put a a good note on you know when when the boss vasquez you know yeah. opens his blinds there's a moment yeah. where he opens his blinds Yeah. As as and looks out the window as if there's a beautiful scenery outside, and he says, "Ah, beautiful!" 
but all it is is a brick wall, you know, like that's all, his only view is, is a brick wall right outside his office. I think, you know, I, I put that in because I thought it was hilarious. Like, I thought that would be really funny. And I think that that's how yeah. Vasquez's character would work, where he would just be like, ah, oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. One thing that you made me notice was that, you know, when I look back, there was a reason for that, right? That, yeah. you know, Diego has an I you know, says that there's no windows. And there's this idea that, like, kind of we're, you know, it, it's not like, um, it's not like there's some you know, grand king who's making us work in these cubicles, you know, like we're the ones, we're the humans, yeah. you know, creating these office spaces and like putting them, putting ourselves inside them. Right. And so um, it's kind of like, you know, it's not like a mouse, you know, in a, in a cage. It's like, we're, we're the mice walking into these cages ourselves. And, and that's again, uh, I, I remember the scene when Vasquez w- w- was uh, looking through the CCTV cameras and, and making sure that all the, 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 the staff are, are working. And then he, see, he, he sees himself and the, the, the mechanic who came in to, to, to fix uh, uh, the cameras, actually. And he said, oh, these two are not, uh, are not working and then uh, they should be fired. And he ends up yeah. firing himself. I, I thought that was <laughs> quite, quite funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I, I really like that part. Um, the the actor who plays Vasquez, his name is Luis De Veze, and he he just came in and he brilliant. was just yeah. he was just brilliant. He just knew exactly he knew exactly how the character operates, you know. Um, yeah. And it's a very strange character. I kind of describe him as a as a bit of a catch twenty two, where um, he believes in nonsense and then somehow makes it happen. Um, but he's the know. narrator. He sort of sums up the whole story because the film starts with yeah. with him saying, "This is a story." So he's setting the scene. This is a story about love, friendship, and loneliness. So you're immediately drawn, and I really like the music as well because you're immediately drawn into this uh, enclosed space. But there's all those rich characters with their uh, fears and the disappointments, but there's still hope within all that. Now, if I may move on to the, the, the uh, your um, intentional. Uh, uh, inclusion of the diversity. So there's Africans, Hispanics, Chinese Americans in a few of your films. So again, tell me a bit about that. I mean, honestly, that's how the world is. So that's right. how I try to portray it. Yeah. And um, I grew up in in this small eastern Washington town called Granger. Uh, that's about you know 90% uh, Latino, and so that was kind of my world yeah. growing up. You know, I'm right. I'm um, half Latino as well. I think that, you know, one of the reasons that there's a lack of diversity in a lot of films is because, mm-hmm. you know, just the ability to go out on auditions is is quite a privilege. You yeah. know, like you can't really go out on auditions if you're trying to get money to eat, for instance. Sure. And so I really do try to build that into the script itself. I see. Um, yeah. And I think that unless you do, it's a really easy to go kind of with, um, you know, an actor who isn't diverse because yeah. there's so there's so many of them, right? There, there's um, it's it's easier to to you have a bigger pool to cast from, um, yeah. because there there are more more actors are privileged and um, they're not, right? So and and, and they, they introduce a richness to the to the, to the because they reflect that as, as you said at the beginning the diversity of 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 people around us. Yeah, and honestly, like and and I I was. I was more afraid to when I was a, a young filmmaker to to have diverse casts. And I think one of the reasons is that when you do have diverse 
casts, then a lot of people end up thinking about race. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, you know, if you have a black actor as your lead in as the lead in your film, yeah, then suddenly, you know, everything changes because um, you're thinking, okay, how does how, you know, how are people going to react to that? How does he react yeah. to other people? And also, like, you know, a lot of people just see color. So are they yeah. going to, you know, be racist against your movie because of that? Are they going to assume that this character and that character, the reason they broke up is because they were from different backgrounds mm-hmm. or something? Mm-hmm. And so it, it adds a lot of complexity, actually, you know, and, and people yeah. will judge your film along race lines that, you know, a lot of times I, I don't necessarily want to deal with race because we, we deal with it so much, right? You know, like yeah, sometimes yeah. you just want a little break. But um, if you have diverse casts, that's one of the things that you really have to think about is like, how that's does that it. play into it? So yeah. with Diego, for instance, you know, like I wanted him to have a, you know, have a Latino background and um, and I wanted uh, Junes to be different because, you know, I wanted a little bit more more that they're trying to understand about each other than yeah. than just um, personality necessarily. Yeah, their ethnic background or so. And uh, so, uh, um, Rick. So coming to to the end, I'd like you to just to sum up for. Uh, I've seen the film. I loved it. I recommend it to my friends. And when it was showing at the uh, the Ring Dance uh, Festival in London, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. It was a, a pleasant and enjoyable experience. Uh, I really loved it. If you were to, to uh, you know, to recommend the film to the, to the audience uh, in in two lines, what would you tell them? Why should they go and watch all sorts? Give me one moment. Let me think about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Take it down. <laughs> I would really like you to go see all sorts because it's a movie about transforming your world and making it more magical. I think it's it's a funny. Um, entertaining movie. Um, you won't be um, you won't be sad and depressed throughout it. It's funny, but it means something, I guess. And it's not um, and it's not trying to be too sweet. It's not trying yeah. to. Um, it's not like an annoying friend. It's like the uh, the funny funny guy you want to hang out with. It's an uplifting film. It's uh, there's a lot of joy and uh, and fun to be had while following. Uh, Vasquez, uh, Diego, and June, and uh, yes, and uh, all, all of the characters well, uh, beautifully written, beautifully described, and you connect with. We, we didn't talk about the, the others. I think maybe we need another another podcast interview, Rick, to to uh, talk about the, the others because they all have their own uh, uh, niche sort of uh, yeah. fascinating uh, traits and and. and and quirky yeah. traits, if I may say. So thank you so much, Rick. Uh, it's been a wonderful exp- uh, experience to, uh, watching the film and, and talking to you and learning more about the, the the background and the inspiration behind the film. So thank you so much. And we hope we can uh, host you again soon, uh, either in London or somewhere in the world and, and celebrate your new film as well. Oh, thank you. Anytime. This has been wonderful. And thank you so much for um, taking the time to watch the film. I can tell that you, you really um, you really got inside it. And um, that as, a, as a filmmaker, that's your biggest dream right there. So thank you so much. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Rick. You take care. Cheers. Lovely. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Medical Humanities Podcast. 
Since 2020, transcripts are available for all shows on our blog. Stay in touch by reading the journal and blog online. Just follow the links in the episode description. We are also on Twitter as medhums underscore BMJ. Thank you.